Hello all. Happy 4th of July weekend. Welcome back to the War Report of always. I'm your host, Rajani, and I'm joined by Cyrus. Uh, we hope you're staying safe. Uh, we hope that you're keeping the fireworks down to a minimum. I know they're going crazy up northeast. Uh, and of course, always, I mean, there's a wrestling show, so hopefully you're watching wrestling <laughs> on Wednesday nights. So. Uh, the thing about the, uh, just, uh, the thing about the fireworks, um, I, I heard like, yeah, it's, it's going crazy up, uh, up, uh, up North. And then I was just like, oh, I'm not really hearing any fireworks here. And then like all earlier today, or just like before we started recording, people just started going stupid with it. And I was just like, uh, well, I guess it's sort of an appropriate time, but like, come on guys, let's, (laughs) let's stop it. Well, I just did some oh. sort of X-Men thing. Uh, present me just jinxed past you, and now you hear the fireworks. I think <laughs> that uh, New Jersey, one of the worst things ever to uh, legalize fireworks. Uh, I think near my Wegmans or a Target, there's a big-ass fireworks stand, and people have been buying oh, wow. the bulk, and they've just been lighting them up like it's uh, Independence, like the start of Independence Day. Or the Revolutionary War or some shit. It's just... <laughs> well, like, now it's, like, it's sort of appropriate because, like, it is going to be 4th of July. But, like, apparently it's been, like, happening out there for months. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay, you guys, uh, y'all got it rough. Well, I got to figure, you know, people are bored. It's summer. You can't really go out yet. Like, there's places that you can go. Yeah, now you know New Jersey. You but go to the so, mall. Uh, you but go what's to so arcade. fun about fireworks? <laughs> Why well, people just—I get it. Like people are bored. Like people just want to do stuff. You know, you've been oh, up in the house for months. I'm not like. It's happening that, right you know, now. Go ahead and just like light off fireworks because, particularly in my development, somebody lit off fireworks. They must have like let off two things. Next to you know, two cop cars come around. Like they were on that. Like they were. They oh, it's, it's like they knew. Like they were on some like minority report stuff, and it was just like, <laughs> all right, the, the fireworks are going to be here, and let's show up here. So, particularly okay. in my neighborhood, unless it's really really late and they try to catch people slipping, it's the fireworks would be to a minimum. I can't say the same in New York though. New York, it seems mm-hmm. like it's been damn Star Spangled Banner since June. <laughs> and uh i um when i went to california last year um around the same time as fourth of july they must have got it real nice because i believe fireworks are illegal over there um or just like uh the type of fire uh the type of fireworks are like down to a minimum due to like forest fires and stuff like that and i was just like oh that, that's interesting but um did is there any news uh Wrestling wise, yes, we are going to jump into in the trenches before we get into the first night of Firefest and the first night of the Great American Bashers. One particular news item that I highlighted. So on Twitter last night, I've, with a ton of stuff that happened, of course, on the shows, uh, EC3 cut a promo on Twitter. He, it's like this new. Oh come on, this is news. <laughs> well, what's news is that he finished the promo and then he showed the <laughs> AEW sign. <laughs> Now, oh. a month before, but a month before that, 
he teased that he was going to impact, so it could be a swerve. He could try to be keeping people on their toes. Either he goes to AEW or impact. I think he goes to impact. But uh, what do you what do you think? Uh, put him on impact because I don't watch impact. Okay. That's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much cut and dry. Why impact and not AEW? Cause I watch AEW. <laughs> no love for the no love for EC3. Absolutely not. Um, I I just know one like I have been loud and clear how I feel about ex WWE guys coming to AEW and kind of like you know um, like I don't want to say uh. How, how would I put it? You know, just like stunting a lot of growth of like, you know, people uh, that have come into AEW. And and I just feel like what they're going to do with EC3 is going to be, oh, Lord, WWE dropped the ball. Now AEW is going to show him, show us what he's all about. He's going to be in a title match. He's going to lose. And then he's going to be in obscurity for the rest of his career. Uh, and it's just like, Way to go. And then, you know, we have to deal with, like, months of the bullshit about, like, EC3 is actually really good more often than we already do. Uh, okay, I'll go to your point, and I'll kind of put some uh, some notes that I've written down. So, Impact. They obviously lost two people, uh, given the status of uh, what's happened with speaking out and basically mm-hmm. going AWOL. So, they lost Tessa Blanchard. That was their champion. And they lost Michael Elgin. Apparently, there's more allegations out to him. So, Impact cut him. So, they are... They got Anderson and Gallows with an option to go to uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Presumably, they're going to get Eric Young, Rusev, and Slater. I- I'm not sure about that, but we're going to have to see in Slammiversary. So, they're... Even with <clears throat> everything that they got, there's still holes in their main event picture. That's where AC3 kind of cut his teeth there. That's where he you know, yeah. became uh, like the main event guy. AEW, Matt Hardy, FTR, Lance Archer, Brody Lee, Ricky Starks, Brian Cage. Now, if we've spoken on the show at nauseum, it feels like, about AEW basically being crowded at this point. So if you add an AC3 there, where does he even go? You have to start making do already with AEW Dark and kind of turning that into another show to get everybody on the damn program. Yeah. So and, it makes uh, sense to me. Uh, oh, uh, uh, they're going to have that third show eventually. Yeah. Well, I, for the time being, because given the pandemic and, you know, mm-hmm. with ratings and everything like that and not having fans, don't know if you really want to do a third show right now. I, I think I would probably put that off to 2021. So mm-hmm. if I'm AC3, I mean, I'm going to, I'm trying to make noise for myself. Don't know if I really go to AEW right now. It looks like it's just the full, uh, full deck of cards there. Impact I would probably go to because you would instantly go into the title picture people are are already you know familiar with you there you know you go with this new gimmick impact is looking to also spend a lot of money apparently for what i hear so it makes sense that he would go back there yeah 
just just go back just go back to impact and like just more is just like okay like where do where do you put ec3 because ec3 and uh mgf are basically the same person so it's just like what do you do with that yeah you can't have ec3 and mgf kind of pair up because you already have wardlow there even though we will get to uh firefest in a minute about that tease a possible breakup but if you uh start to look towards the breakup MJF and Warlow, you don't want to necessarily uh, pair a quote-unquote like hot free agent signing with somebody else who already is uh, the future there. So I think that's a no-brainer. You got to go, if you want to make a big slash slam anniversary, EC3's got to go to Impact. I would think, you know, mm-hmm. AEW, it seems like, you know, they're acquiring draft picks to doing their uh, Boston Celtics uh, impersonation, <laughs> choir traffic's not really making any moves with them, and but um, EC three goes to Impact and he shows up at Slammiversary, and let's say Rusev, Slater, and you know uh, Gallus and Anderson all show up there. Like you know, I I don't think they should uh, all debut them at the same time, but let's say they do at Slammiversary. EC3 is like with the quickness getting overshadowed by Rusev showing up. So it's just like where like where does this man truly fit? I just think that impact is just in free agent signing mode. Whatever name big names that we could get to get eyes on our product, that's where we're gonna go. I think that's why Anderson and Gallows there, other for the money, they could do the flexibility to go back to New Japan pro wrestling to do their stunt there. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. Impact is looking back to trying to repair that relationship because everybody knows that that relationship soured because they had Okada coming over here and jobbing. That's why he doesn't like coming over to the yeah. U.S. That, that much. So maybe, us, well, other Cyrus, who works for Impact, uh, is trying to repair that mm-hmm. relationship there. Um, of course, you know, there's that rumor because you saw Anderson and Gallows and the Young Bucks take a picture and... Maybe Impact oh, and AEW right. are working together. I don't think so. But, you know, maybe that's something that's going to happen down the line. Uh, I, I don't think that... I think Eric Young going back is a given. I think Slater probably going there is a given. Rusev, I'm not sure. Rusev, maybe. But I would think <laughs> that Rusev would want to go you know, somewhere to work. If I'm New Japan and I really want to make a splash in my uh, West Coast dojo, that's who I would sign. Mm-hmm. I would sign a Rusev because Rusev could work that hard style that they do over there. So Impact, I don't know. Like It'd be like, all right, well, you add Rusev, who can talk, he can work. Then you add EC3, a new, new character. It would just kind of, like you just said, cancel each other out. So... I, I would probably go EC. I, I would out of the two here because ROH is not a option right now. DNA <laughs> is not an option right now. They are not running shows. If I'm going the two, I would have to go with Impact because you know EC3 are, is already known there. You know, like an AEW, yeah. like he would be like there would be nowhere to fit him on the card. Yeah. Uh, good luck. Um, I cannot wait to see the oh man, uh, EC3 is gonna show us uh what he's truly about on a random Tuesday, and then everybody freak out about it. (laughs) 
All right, everybody, let's get into Fighter Fest. A ninth fight for the Fallen. Part one has been, gentlemen. And, and look who's behind the wheel. That's that's Trent's mom, Sue. She's stripping the challenger. Have fun. Have fun. Yeah. If they Becky! Come, <laughs> come here. I need a kiss. <laughs> Night one. Uh, you know what? I'm going to skip ahead here and I'm going to talk about that Taz promo because I will say when I initially heard it, I thought it was great. I was like, and people were like, they're taking shots. You know what? At this point, I love that NXT was petty and did the Great American Bash to go against Firefest. I loved it. I love that Taz. Basically, he says that he talked with Tony. Mox tested twice for coronavirus. He said that, you know, uh, he tested negative. So obviously he's scared of Brian Cage. And the quote here is that AEW does not run a sloppy shop. Now, if you go from the Observer, they said that a lot of people were upset about Taz saying that. Then there's, a, and like I said, I was cool with it. I liked it. Then there was a report that recently came out that AEW is welcoming fans that go on the upper deck that they said that they don't interact with any of the talent or any of the personnel, but they said they are not testing them. So it's like, cool, you said this, we don't run a sloppy shop. At the same time, you had this come out. So it's like egg on your face. Yeah, every time AEW sends shots at WWE, it always ends poorly in their favor. And I think, you know, nobody's really sending shots over to AEW um, on NXT. And really, they're just treating them like normal competition by, quote-unquote, counter-programming. But, uh, you know, they're just... They treat them like competition. They said that. They got egg on their face. And then you have to remember, hey, they're not uh, testing those people that are on the upper deck. And then last week, they literally had Jericho and Orange Cassidy fighting all the way with those people that aren't being tested. Well, are we sure that is it just this week that it's the upper deck with the fans? Because it could just be the personnel that was there. Now, if, if that is a thing then that's a problem because justifiably so took WWE to task about not testing because Renee got sick. Uh, Kayla Braxton got sick twice. They were not tested allegedly or through reports. There were over 30 people that tested positive for the coronavirus. If you look at the numbers in Florida, they are doing pinball numbers by the day with daily cases. Uh, I know you're in Florida, so like, please be safe. Uh, but I think, think 10,000 cases on Thursday. That is insane. Uh, but at the same time, you can't make comments like this. And then you it come out that you're not, you're just doing temperature checks for fans that are on the upper deck with Corona. I know they're saying it's, they're not interacting with personnel, but at the same time, sloppy shop. We all know that temperature checks are not effective in testing for the damn coronavirus. So, it, you know, good promo, but it's funny that, like, as soon as they do something like that, here we go. Every like, time. Something, something to, like, counteract it. Thought that was... Every time. It happens every time. 
just stop doing it. <laughs> Thought that was funny. So, Hikaru Shida and Pen- Penelope Ford, I was actually looking forward to this because I wanted to see how Shida and Ford worked. I wanted to see how uh, Penelope worked in a big-time match. For the first part of it, it was it was fine. I think it was <clears throat> Penelope's best match to a point, but there was kind of specific spots that I pointed out. Okay, so... Commentary says that nobody kicks out of the fountain arrow when before that Penelope does a roll up out of the fountain arrow. And then from there, it's something weird happened with the roll up where there's a two count and then Hikaru is arguing with the ref about it being two, but Penelope was the one doing the pin. So there was wires crossed there. Then <laughs> there was interference with Kip Saban with the kendo stick. And it seemed like Hikaru was kind of a sitting duck for Penelope to argue with the ref about the belt and then her hitting the cutter. They did try to make Penelope look strong because she did take two Falcon Arrows and then took the knee. Like I said, fine <clears throat> fine match overall. Those are kind of like some minor cribbles there. It did look like towards the end, like both the ladies kind of like were working in half gear at some points. But if they were going to where where her car goes next, if they wanted to run this back for fight for the fallen, I thought I think it'd be fine. Okay, um, that sounds like a train wreck. Um, would you recommend that I go and watch the match? I mean, I would just for the sake of the show, but <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> but I just think that they need more time together. Because it just didn't seem like there were there were spots in the match that were good, like it was fluid. Like there was like the the whole like knee where like Penelope Ford does like the crab wall thing and she goes into the cutter. I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. But it just seemed like it was <clears throat> kind of sloppy match planning uh, to an extent, and they, I just think they need to run it back and like maybe nail it down better and kind of cut the match down in length. That's another criticism that I have with Firefest Night 1. Some of these matches ran way too long. And I know that they were trying to cut into time obviously. But it seems like if they cut matches down 2-3 minutes then they would be terrific matches and they just went way it was just like alright cool here we go like way too long. And then, like, announce the announcers would say, like, "Hey, well, this has a twenty-minute time limit." I'm like, I can tell. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the, my watch right now. <laughs> um, I, I I would agree with that sentiment because uh, the the match that I watched from Fighter Fest, I wasn't really interested in this night one card at all. Um, I just uh, I watch Hangman and uh, Hangman Omega versus the Best Friends, and Jesus Christ, that match could have could have been a lot shorter, <laughs> honestly. And it just seemed like that match to me just seemed like it's a it was it was just um, it's kind of just like a placeholder before you know uh, stuff kind of arises with uh, with the revival. Yeah, I mean. With the best friends, they were on this tremendous winning streak going against 
Page and Omega. Well, Page and Omega matches, either they open the show or they close the show with their tag matches. These are going to be 20-minute tag matches. It's going to mm-hmm. usually have Page go on his rally, somebody come from behind, Omega come on his rally, and then there's going to be a big kerfluffle, basically, until you know Page and Omega get the win. Yeah, I I just don't think this is like I don't think the best friends are particularly interesting or good in the ring. And if Orange Cassidy isn't really there with them, then it's just like, oh, it's really nothing really going on with them too. Let's talk about that post match angle. So you know, you had FTR come down, they were congratulating Page and Omega. They give them beer. Omega doesn't drink any alcohol. So he pours it out. FTR has an issue. Bucks come down. They do a pull apart. But interesting enough, Paige is on the side of FTR. So he's arguing at Kenny Omega. Everybody thinks that they were... Omega was big tripping. But if you look at all the other angles, like even in the uh, stadium stampede match, this man drank milk. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't drink alcohol. So... Now you have FTR, and you're teasing Omega and Paige to break up again, and then you have the Bucks in the middle. So yeah. right here you can have maybe FTR and Paige down the road versus Omega and the Bucks. I think uh, that would be really interesting, but I'm just like, please don't let this feud start because Kenny Omega is straight edge. <laughs> um let's not do that like i know i talked about uh you know the like no team really expressing championship uh you know aspirations before and it's just like i think this is a very weird way to like kind of get them into the title just just show just have the revival show interest like i think them just being in the crowd was interesting enough. Um, the amount of times that the camera panned to them to see their reaction didn't really care for that. But like, I just think them being in a crowd watching this match up close is more interesting than, oh, you don't want to drink a beer, bro? Like, come on now. I got you because, like, you know, Paige loves beer and that's what he does. And of course, like, Omega's turning it down. Maybe he wants to keep the competitive fire and doesn't want to be friends with anybody. Cool. It's going to be yeah. interesting to see what they do with Paige and Omega and how they're going to break them up. Who are they going to drop the titles to? Because like you said, AEW, shit toted a load of uh, tag teams. Like, a lot of tag teams. It has, had, it, they have it a has to private. be the revival. After, well, I, I agree there. It has, if you want to keep them as like the hot free agent talent, it's got to be against the revival. And your money match is going to be revival and the Bucks. For that, ta- for that tag team championship at All Out, whether, whether mm-hmm. it takes place in front of fans or it doesn't, I'm going to put my money that it doesn't. But, you know, we'll, okay. we'll see when we get to September. Uh, yeah, it. I, I mean, I think Page and Omega, they were kind of, they had momentum. They were hindered by the pandemic and Page not being there for a while. I'm cool with them having the tag titles for, you know, the time being, but it's time to heat. It's time for the other tag teams to have something to fight for. So I think maybe 
for Fight for the Fallen. You start playing no seeds for them to lose and split and eventually have a singles comp- match against each other. Yeah. So you can let FTR and Bucks have some stakes. Or FTR yeah. against um, X team. I, I I think we've uh, I think we said this before, but like without, you know, uh the revival being in it where we originally thought like, yeah, these guys are going to like break up relatively soon. And then, you know, we'll eventually get the singles match, probably COVID probably like, uh, you know, mess with some things. So they're probably holding the tag team titles longer than, you know, um, they probably wanted to, but, um, yeah. Uh, I think drop, dropping it to the revival is smart. And then, you know, uh, we can get the match with the bucks. Cody versus Jake Hager. This was the <laughs> Codyest of the Cody matches ever. It was two big hey, guys man, who were doing two big guy matches or big guy moves, I would say. It, like I said, it was a Cody match. He's fighting from behind. Uh, Arn Anderson gets choked by Jake Hager. Uh, his wife steps on Cody. That was kind of funny. But what stood out to me was the finish here. Dustin gets involved. There's an Arn Anderson distraction before that. <laughs> And even then, oh, Lord. Jake does the, the Irinagi, and he gets the triangle, but Cody does a cover, and then Jake thinks that he wins, but Cody gets the win in, in, in heelish fashion. So, when Hager attacks the ref, and now he's fined and suspended kayfabe, you kind of feel for Jake Hager, the heel, because he got screwed. It's like... It, uh... I'm glad I didn't waste my uh, Wednesday night or my Thursday afternoon <laughs> watching that. Jeez, that sounds like a train wreck, man. Um, does Jake Hager have like a Bellator fight soon? That's why they like suspended him, or is this like this is for possible for a possible rematch? I think that this is basically protecting him for the way that the match ended, where like. He thought that he won because he had Cody in, in the triangle in the chokehold, but Cody does like this whole cover where the ref doesn't see it, and he, he does the one two three. I think that this is basically protecting him, so maybe they could run this back eventually. But Cody is okay. slowly turning heel here because there there's a hell of a lot of interference. You had one from Dustin. I know that Dustin and Hager had some uh, history beef before, yeah. But like Arn, the Arn distraction and Dustin together in order for Cody to get the win like mm-hmm. Cody is um and then we we the and we we sort of saw like Arn Anderson like running a distraction or just like you know being heelish in the in the match against um Lance Archer but like nah the she's weird man <laughs> and uh is this not like uh have you been watching raw recently a little bit is this not the same sort of like story uh, with Apollo Crews also having an open open championship uh, stuff and then having to cheat to get the win as well? Like, kind of. Yeah, there are parallels there. I just don't think that. Oh, okay. Like, he, yeah, but like Apollo Crews doesn't have two people helping him. Like, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, like, I'm feeling bad for Hager. I'm like, yo, like he he listen. He had 
insurmountable he's going against insurmountable odds here and then the ref doesn't see that he has to like you know what i mean like i'm like hager's in the mm-hmm. right even though he attacked the ref i'm like okay you know what i mean yeah like, i said i say if they do the match again like have the same ref just so uh you know there's a little there's a little more uh story going in uh going into it but like I, I guess I'll just watch the YouTube version because, oh, yikes. I, I can't handle full Cody match, man. <laughs> Especially with, like, the distractions. That shit is going to kill me. Uh, man, it's, uh, it was something. Uh, just the round outs, just the round this out, we had an MJF Wardlow breakup tease against Jurassic Express. Wardlow and Luchasaurus are two athletic big men. Like, I would love... Mm-hmm. See both of them get some tight, get some singles shine here, and maybe that's what they're doing with MGF and Warlow breaking up and kind of like having some dissension there. Uh, it seems like they just got started. <laughs> now they've been together for a while. It feels. Well, this is uh, this is like Lord Warlow's like fourth match, and then MJF was on hiatus for a little bit because uh, of an injury, and then uh. They, they, yeah, it's only been months, but like, there, there's been like t- uh, time off taken there, and then uh, Warlow standing around for most of it. So I, I feel like it's too soon, but hey, man, War, Warlow's cool. So could just be Let, a, let's get it, let's let's get him away from MJF. Could just be a slow tease. Uh, before we move on to NXT, of course, next week we got Firefest Night Two. That card is looking like Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus Private Party Party for the AEW Tag Titles. Jericho versus freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, FTR and the Young Bucks versus uh, Pentagon Junior, Ray Phoenix, Butcher and the Blade, Lance Archer versus Joey Janela, Brody Lee, Colt Cabana and Stu Grayson versus SCU, and also Nyla Rose is in action. So full card. Yeah, that that is a full card. But like, why why is Private Party getting a, a, a a championship opportunity. Well, Private Party was also on the show. Uh, they did fight uh, Santana Ortiz match. No, oh, jeez, yeah. So they won, right? They did win. Uh, of they course, win. they have Matt Hardy uh, mentoring them. Match a little sloppy in the beginning. You could see, you know, they need more time in the ring. Basically, they need more time to gel with these <laughs> tag teams. Private Party, Santana Ortiz, like their stock since coming to AEW, like that. I know we talk about this every week. It is just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, man. <laughs> um, I, I think it's funny that you say that, like, Private Party definitely needs more time to, like, you know, uh, kind of de rust. Uh, it's been a month now, and I, I'm starting to give up, but now they're going to get a title shot, so hopefully uh, Hangman and Kenny Kula, uh hopefully they gel well with them, because I, I'm really starting to lose hope for them. Let's talk about the Great American Bash. Not many people can say that they've had a better year than Keith Lee, except for me. Champ. Had I not spearheaded that movement, uh, nobody We'll be talking about Keith Lee. Uh, Keith Lee on SmackDown does not happen without Adam Cole defending against Daniel Bryan. Uh, Keith Lee on Raw does not happen without Adam Cole defending against Seth Rollins. Survivor Series, you name it, I'm the one 
who led the charge. I'm the one responsible for any sort of success. And I will prove one week from tonight with the NXT Championship in one hand and the NXT North American Championship in the other that I am the greatest champion in this brand's history. Uh, rest in peace, Dusty Rhodes. I will say... The, let's start with the number one contenders match. You got Candice, you got Dakota, you got uh, Mia Tegan. So Candice gets eliminated first. I think we all saw that coming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, like, <laughs> it just goes back to my point last week. They probably shouldn't even be in the match if they were just going to, like, uh, do this. Like, I feel like it, it could have just been Tegan and uh, Dakota, man. Mia Yim, uh, there was a little weird spot where uh, Mia hit Mia hit a move on Tegan. Tegan rolls out. It looks like Mia was kind of a sitting duck, like wondering what was going on, and then all of a sudden Dakota goes for the roll up. That was a little weird, but she was out second. <laughs> Candice and Mia will continue their feud next week. They got a street fight. Then Dakota and Tegan, of course, they fight forever there. Uh, of course, they have you know. That long-standing feud. And Tegan is your number one contender. She's going to go against EO. I'm excited for this match because I've been Team Tegan Knox for a long time. I didn't think that they were going to do it this soon, but hey, let's bring it on. I, you know, uh, I've made it clear, like, they probably should have just gave Dakota Guy the match. Uh, Tegan win here. I'm just like, all right, guys, like, <laughs> yeah, like y'all kind of killing me. But like, uh, hopefully Dakota gets her. Um, hopefully Dakota Kai gets her uh, title match soon because like now, w- what is she gonna be doing? I, what you can have happen. I mean, it would kind of be like, it would be baffling if you had Dakota like interfere against Tegan and Io, and then in NXT fashion have a triple threat. I think that Dakota needs her own match uh, with EO because EO has clearly turned babyface. She's mm-hmm. red hot babyface. So I think Tegan I think and EO is going to be a one-off. I think, one-off, I think EO is obviously going to win there. And then, you know, Tegan, she's ready. Sayonara to Raw or SmackDown because uh, Lord knows they need more talent up there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm I like, what? Uh, don't get it twisted. I am team Tegan. But I'm just like now. I I hope this will be like a send off for her to go to uh to get called up because for a while now she's kind of just been like, like the matches have been good, but it's kind of just been like in obscurity. And then like we had that one like uh sort of month period where she was just like having sprints just to be on the show. Um, but yeah, uh, I. I, I I'm excited to see the match, and I hope uh, Dakota Kai still has like something to do because I don't know what she's gonna be doing. Like, wow! I think that because like that, that is be, Rhea gonna be free? Well, well, we'll talk about Rhea right after this, but I think that Dakota will probably be your SummerSlam program. I think you get the Tegan thing out out of the way, have her move on because. You, mm-hmm. You got to figure. You had Shotzi Blackheart. She wasn't on the show. Uh, you got. Um, she hasn't been on the show for like three weeks now. You got Mercedes Martinez, who is coming back next week. She's gonna be, be something big. You got Raquel, you got Raquel. and like with missing, like with, with missing, Raw missing, Raw missing, 
Charlotte and Becky, they need somebody. They they definitely need someone. Or Bailey can have a dance partner on SmackDown, even though you know there's a lot of uh, women wrestlers there. So you know, move Tegan and then have Dakota be, you know, the resident feud for EO going into SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, well, we'll see how everything shakes out uh, after the second night of Great American Bash. The baffling booking of Rhea Ripley continues. I, I, I get that they're Boy. doing. I get that they're doing something. They have to do something with them, and they're in turn doing Rhea Ripley. They're giving Robert. They do Stone. not. That's that's where you got it twisted. They do not have to do anything with Aaliyah. <laughs> uh, hold on, I didn't say. I see now. I didn't say Aaliyah. Now that's giving Robert oh, okay, Stone okay, and okay. Aaliyah something to do. Uh, after this match and her doing the double submission, I don't want to see them fight again. Like they, this is the ultimate humiliation of them getting beat. <laughs> By uh, Rhea in that fashion, but what are they doing mm-hmm. with Rhea? Like, is Rhea going to challenge EO again? Because I thought that was going to be the go-to, but now if Tegan's doing it, you can also do. I guess you could do T and Rhea because there's unfinished business there because of the injuries. But that's so far off that that might be out of people's mind. Rhea is another name who can potentially go to Raw or SmackDown. Because like the, yeah, but at the same time, like we say, go <laughs> Raw or SmackDown, and I just thought of like Raw has Shayna Baszler, Raw has Bianca Belair, and they can't get on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and uh, I, uh, just listening to the A show, they seem to be uh, doing right by Ruby Riot. So like she's back on the show, uh, um, and I'm honestly I'm not moving Rhea Ripley while she's at her coldest. Honestly, can't do. Yeah, um, right, can't do that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not rocking with this. Uh, may, maybe she goes to Mercedes Martinez uh, for uh, Mercedes's first feud. But like right now, I ain't really trying to see Rhea Ripley right now. And then Chelsea Green is nowhere to be found. Uh, and that might be due to uh, Charlotte. Uh, you know. Uh, taking a break for whatever reason it might be crazy so so chelsea green presumably is not going to be back until uh charlotte says and god I knows think that she said that she's coming back not even before survivor series so chelsea green is taking a nice vacation for that long period of time if she's waiting for charlotte i that's kind of crazy to me uh, I mean, if you wanted to pair Robert Stone back with Chelsea Green to do something with Leah and at least have them have be a tag team, that would be cool. I... Like Chelsea Green is just kind of just, you know, just chilling, <laughs> playing Last of Us 2 or something. <laughs> um, how What I would possibly do would be uh, have Robert Stone crawl back on her feet and then you know chelsea green says some mean things and then Aaliyah be like take it easy on them and then they have a match and that's a little uh that puts chelsea green back on the show it might not be the best matches but you know Oof. i mean i know they've been having some twitter interactions but uh boy that's gonna be that's gonna be rough they gotta heat up right back up somehow though before they, I think the uh, I think uh, I think Mercedes Martinez will uh, 
help yeah. out a lot with that. Because Raya was the big deal going into uh, War Games and Survivor Series. Like they said, they had that big, you know, when she won the title, everybody cheered. That's when we had fans and we can actually be next to each other. Everybody came to the ring. She dethroned Shayna Baszler. And now it's just like, okay, she's uh, fighting the Robert Stone brand. Got to heat her up before yeah. you start doing Only Lorcan. Okay. So, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. What, just uh, in a different universe, let's say Rhea Ripley loses and she joins the Robert Stone brand. Where do they go from there? Because I definitely think that probably would have been like something kind of interesting, you know, uh, since Rhea Ripley is not really like the super badass right now. So I, I think uh, her being part of Robert Stone brand would have could have been like cool, fun. Okay, so in the multiverse, okay, so in the multiverse if we're talking about this, if Rhea were to join the Robert Stone brand, I'm thinking heel Rhea was actually pretty cool in NXT UK, and then her yeah. coming over, she was a badass, going like beating up Tony Storm for a little bit there. Damn, that's another person that I kind of kind of miss not seeing Tony Storm like wrestling because she's overseas and whatever the hell is going yeah. on with NXT UK. Uh, hopefully, we find <laughs> out soon. But in another universe, if you want, if you really want to give legitimacy to the Robert Stone brand, I mean, I think it'd be funny. It'd be like one of those like 1980s, 1990s partnerships where you have somebody like Harley Whippleman. Those type of managers, like these puny little managers, and then have Ray, yeah, and, it, <laughs> and, and going against Ray Ripley, somebody who can obviously beat him. I mean, if you really want to invest in Robert Stone, then go ahead and do it. I just don't know if that he just might be a comedy act in NXT. I like. I feel like they could have had like a comedy act that like actually got some wins, you know. Uh... Or just like a fun act, but uh, well, back to uh, back to obscurity. Both of them go, unless uh, Robert Stone Ashley goes up to Mercedes Martinez instead of Rhea Ripley, and then you know Rhea Ripley's doing nothing. <laughs> that could be, yeah, that could be his thing. Continually begging, begging uh, women's wrestlers on the roster to be a mm-hmm. part of the Robert Stone brand until they all turn him down. Well, Leah, uh, I, I mean she said yes so at least he's got that i guess uh <laughs> yeah. going only lorkin and tim thatcher this was a match that was completely different on <laughs> of anything on the card different mm-hmm. pace technical wrestling they lorkin was the perfect dance partner for tim thatcher i'm excited to see tim, tim going against like major guys like you know a carry on cross or a keith mm-hmm. Lee. Like, I'm thinking, like, all these match combinations. Uh, I'm really liking Tim Thatcher. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I love Tim Thatcher. Uh, I love the, uh, the catch point wrestling style. I think it's very interesting seeing uh, kind of, uh, like, you know, joint manipulation or just, like, uh, the movement in the ring being very grounded. It's very interesting to me. And, yeah, Oni Lorcan is the best partner for that. Um what like? I don't want to compare it to the Matt Riddle match, but like, it is is just as good. This is like uh, really good stuff, man. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see uh, Tim Thatcher go like 
progressively higher up uh, up on the card and see like what kind of matches we get. Like you say, carry on cross, but then you know there's also like great like probably he's not like a catch point wrestler, but like you know we still have amazing technical wrestlers like uh, Roger Strong, and then uh, yeah, Kushida too. Um, Kyle O'Reilly is coming back, which is interesting. Um, so you know we could probably get some undisputed era stuff going on. Uh, you know maybe but then there's also like uh dexter loomis is around so tim thatcher could go after him uh balor johnny like I- i'm excited i have a lot of t- a lot of like dream matches for uh tim Th- uh timothy thatcher i think he's amazing tim thatcher hell of a pickup for nst looking mm-hmm. forward to see what he does next before we get to the creme of la creme uh a match that i think that is in one of my uh, best matches of 2020 so far. I wanted to get to a couple more items. The Dexter Loomis Roderick Strong strap match. I think it played <laughs> definitely. I, I want to say it played definitely great into the storyline because at first you had Dexter Loomis, basically like there's no way for Roddy Roddy to go like they're tethered together basically. Yeah, so, like, Dexter is stalking him. And then it has Roderick Strong kind of overcome and do his flurry. But the right guy won here. Dexter Loomis won. So Absolutely. Loomis all day. Yeah. Uh, re- like, really good to see uh, Loomis get a definitive win here. Um, Dream is absent due to recovery. Um, and then, you know, people don't really want to see him on the show anyway. So I guess it, it really works in uh, Dexter Loomis's favor right now. And, I'm I'm curious to see where he goes next. Uh, hopefully, uh, he kind of like strays away from beefing with the undisputed era, and hopefully, like towards championships. Uh, and next week, we get our double champion. So big fight field. Hopefully, field. yeah. Hopefully, we uh, we're gonna see something interesting next week. Like regardless of the result. <laughs> wink, wink. So so. Uh... <laughs> Future storylines I was getting set up. I didn't. Isaiah Swerve Scott <laughs> versus Johnny Gargano. A match that Great. I didn't know Perfect. I needed, but I need it. Um, when, uh, when Gallagher got uh, released, I was just like, oh, snap, what is like Swerve going to do now? And they found a perfect replacement. And yeah, I need it. I, I think this match is going to be really great. When, uh, that happens next week, right? Or like later, or is it not booked at all yet? That's not booked at all yet, but like that's being te- that's been teased. Uh, I, think I feel that, like it's gonna happen next week. I think that go ahead and throw that on next week. If, if yeah. AEW is throwing like eighteen matches on Firefest, go ahead and counter program and throw that on next week. Yeah, that's what I pictured Gargano doing. If you're gonna keep him around and he's not winning titles right now, uh, have him go against your best talent. So, like, Isaiah Swerve Scott, that's going to be a phenomenal match. Cameron Grimes versus Damian Priest. Uh, Cameron Grimes is taken away from Slash the Tires, but he's said something interesting. He said that when he beats Damian Priest, he's going to face the winner of Adam Cole or Keith Lee. So, presumably, this is going to be a number one contendership match. Um, I don't know who... Uh, I don't know who wins... Uh, that championship match, but I'm not trying to see Cameron Grimes versus Keith Lee again, honestly. You t- <laughs> and so, 
You don't want to see Cameron Grimes yeah, fight, fight against Cole Orley. Uh, I don't want to see him fight Keith Lee, and I don't want to see Damian Priest fight Keith Lee. My problem with a lot of the Keith Lee stuff is that he keeps fucking with the same competitors, and now they're going to go back to that well. Like, come on, guys. We, we, uh, we like... One step forward by making him number one contender and possibly being double champion and then like two steps back with like giving him two opponents that he's already like demolished. Well, if Cole wins, you got him against Grimes. It might be a little fresh. Do believe Priest and Cole have fought each other before. So like that would be a rematch. So, I mean, you got two matches. You got four possible matches here, but like a some you know with three only of them that we've seen one before. yeah um and, you, and yeah like it's gonna have like a big fight feel because it's for a title or just like you know it feels different for a title but like so did all the keith lee matches listen man you got i, I w- i'm just gonna point out there got carrying cross uh hovering around in the background so it's possible that okay rhymes and priests don't even have doesn't even have a finish they could both get beat up by carrying cross yeah, uh, honestly, I would prefer that because, come on, man, I'm not talk- like I, 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 like I don't hate those matches. I think they're great, but to see them again after like you know such a short period of time, I kind of don't want to see it again. You know, um, and I do like what they're doing with uh, Cameron Grimes by making him like a, a total asshole and a dickhead. Oh, uh, yeah. But, like, no, nah, I'm not trying to see it. <laughs> to round out this episode, I think it's only fitting to talk about the phenomenal Io Shirai and Sasha Banks match. Let me go The ahead. draw, Let me Sasha go. Banks. Yes, the draw, because, like, if you look at ratings, <laughs> she definitely was a draw. But let me just say, for the record, this Bailey-Sasha storyline has done wonders for Sasha. Sasha is working yeah. at an all-time high. She, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? She's done this in the past. Seemed like before, like maybe last year and stuff. You know, going uh, with the documentary, she was going through the motions again. She has definitely, definitely gained her shine. She bumped the hell <laughs> out of, for EO in this match. EO took bumps for her. Took this, bumps match, for her. this match... Just, I thought it's just absolutely phenomenal. Fantastic, man. Uh, fantastic main event, and I'm glad it's the main event, and I'm glad they got time. Uh, I saw people saying that they wanted them to go 30 minutes. That's not needed. Um, but like, nah, th- this match was heat, man. I, I, I love, uh, I love the chemistry that they had. This is like, the, you know, kind of like uh, the first time they ever locked up, and it, it worked really well. Uh, I love the finish as well. <laughs> the finish was very interesting, and it played uh, it played a lot into uh, the raw feud that's gonna uh, happen. So I like I like everything coming together. <laughs> Made perfect sense. You got Oscar coming doing the Green Mist that ties into Extreme Rules this weekend because Oscar and Sasha are fighting for that Raw tag uh, title. Uh, I mean, personally, just as a deep cut, I would have loved that if Kari would have came down and did the save. I understand why she couldn't. So Oscar, for storyline purposes, fit perfectly here. 
Bailey, yeah. always a treat. She's hilarious, like trying to like laughing and you know beeping the car horn. Right finish here. Io gets the win. It still makes Sasha look strong because of the interference. This is what you do. Yeah. This is why NXT and WWE have they could flex and have pull out these matches anytime they want. They could do an Oscar. And- you know, they could do a Bailey, you know, versus a Tegan or somebody like that. Like this is why you have the roster that you have and mm-hmm. I guess the luxury of everybody being together and you know you could pull these matches out of a hat you could have like a great American bash and it's just being you know what we're gonna do we're gonna do Sasha and EO tonight that's crazy yeah that that's why I'm just like uh you know since they're all just in the same place hurry up and do the chopping uh, or Andy or anything but like uh NXT the the women on NXT they really like carry the brand not like the men are doing like anything poor but like the women's matches are like insanely like amazing stuff and it shows man people love it how many times that we we've talked this is episode 39 that's crazy uh that, like <laughs> we sing the praises of the women like they are this year the, i would say like NXT the best part of NXT all time high like I mean, like the of course you have like like I said the Ten Thatchers and the Finn Balors and you know Keith Lee amazing Adam Cole, but like as a whole as a division, you know like the mm-hmm. men's division in NXT is starting to get settled. Like I love how NXT is starting to get into a groove, and then you have all these multiple storylines working together. I feel like. If I had to go, what what was the better night? One, it's got to be Great American Bash because everything seemed to fit. I had more questions on what was going on in Firefest just because of some finishes that happened. Uh, like, all right, what are we trying to set up? There's intrigue there, but at the same time, like it just seems with Great American Bash, they had all their ducks in a row. So it, now I'm even more <clears throat> excited for next week. Yeah, well, there was absolutely no question that, <laughs> at least in my mind, that uh, Great American Bash was going to blow Firefest Night One out of the water. Uh, so it, it, it's going to be—I I think it might be a two-zero victory for 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 uh, counter programming. So next week on Night Two of the Great American Bash. Of course you got mercedes martinez who is she gonna face we don't know maybe it's gonna be ray ripley we'll see mia yim and candace ray in a street fight damian priest and cameron guys presumably for the number one contendership we don't know regal help us out with that el legato del fantasma is going against drake maverick and brizongo and of course it's double champ time keith lee the north american champion Versus Adam Cole, the NXT champion. This is one's for all the marbles. This one's for all the gold. Who do you, before we get out of here, last call, who do you have winning? Predictions? Predictions, yeah, for that for that match. You know, um, okay, um, let's go, okay. Let's go <laughs> that match, the me and him, Candice match, and Damian Priest and Cameron Grimes. Okay. Um, the spoilers are out there. We, uh, I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. So, uh, I haven't seen the don't either. worry, guys. 
Okay, don't worry, uh, people listening. But uh, Mercedes Martinez, I'm going to predict is Rhea Ripley for Candice LeRae and uh, Mia Yim. Let's go with Candice LeRae. Um, Cameron Grimes versus Damian Priest. Let's go with Cameron Grimes. Uh, Breezango versus, um, well, just the six-man tag. I'm going to go with uh, Phantasma's group. Or uh, Santana Escobar's group, uh, and then Keith Lee. Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes I think they're going to give her a easy one off the bra- off the bat. So I think Robert Stonebrand come down. The- come on down. So I think she's going <laughs> to fight against Aaliyah and get a win there. Mia Yim and Candice mm-hmm. LeRae. Let's get the Poison Pixie a win. So unfortunately, yeah. it seems like Mia is going to be on the losing end again. So Candice is going to win in that street fight. Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes. I think if you're going to go fresh, you got to go with Cameron Grimes here. El Gato del Fantasma versus Drake Maverick and Brizongo. If you want to keep on pushing the heel faction, Santos Escobar, Mendoza, and Wilder are going to win. Keith Lee and Adam Cole. Hey, listen, it is time. <laughs> I love Adam Cole. I love his reign in NXT. All-time reign. It's time for you to move on, brother. It's time for you to make that jump. SmackDown's a calling. It doesn't really matter what show you go on because Bruce is writing for both of them. So, it's it's the era of Keith Lee, I think. It is time, if you want to make Keith Lee the guy, which he deserves. He's been MVP if you want to make a case of male MVP in NXT, it's between him and Adam. And I think it's time to do it. So I'm going with Keith Lee. Champ, champ. Absolutely. Shout out Kyle <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I, I really think that Keith Lee is really just the right decision here, man. Uh, let's start... Uh, Let's start either breaking up Undisputed Era or, you know, moving, shuffling them along. Whoa, let's not break up Undisputed Era. Let's move them along because I think that they can run rough shot like on SmackDown or something. Uh, 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 Roddy Strong just got his ass beat, so I don't know if he's running rough shot on anybody. Um, but hopefully uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly could come back strong and... Hopefully, yeah, start um, shuffling stuff along, honestly. All right, everybody, that is our show. We will be back next week talking about Firefest Night 2 and Great American Bash Night 2. I don't know if NXT is going to do something else with uh, Fight for the Fallen. They probably are going to do something. I'm just waiting for the announcement. It's going to come. Uh... <laughs> ain't, gonna, ain't, ain't nothing that's going to make me excited, bro. Well, no, I'm just saying NXT is probably going to like pull something like, you know, uh, Starcade or something <laughs> for, for that week. Oh, just get the ass beat. Uh, no, that'd be green as shit. Uh, maybe, uh, what, what is some other um, <laughs> WCW shit they could put? Um, World War Three would be hard. Oh, my God. Do they have 60 people to put I need into? it, bro. First of all, I don't think that you want to do that. <laughs> uh, at the, I don't think that you want to really do that in the time of COVID. You have 60 people uh, in the Battle yeah. Royal. 
Let, let's not do that. Well, wait, I'm on Wikipedia right now, and I'm looking at uh, WCW uh, pay-per-views. Uh, Halloween Havoc, of course, just do that on Halloween. Oh, yeah, Uncensored would be hard. Slamboree, Super Brawl. Uh, they have Fall Brawl, but, you know, you can always just do uh, um, Summer Brawl. You could, I don't think that you could do Road Wild or Hog Wild. <laughs> can't do that right uh, now. They can't either. do Bash at the Beach. Uh, AEW already took that one. But, the beaches uh, are closed. So what beach are you going to? Yeah. <laughs> Just bring the beach field to uh, to them. And like, um, no, nah, come on, man. <laughs> and I, I just love that people are like so upset that like WWE is like, like treating them like competition. Like it's so ridiculous. Um, it's just playful, man. It's just all in fun. It, like, it's it's been the rest. It's been the Wednesday night wars all this time, and now that they're treating each other like competitions, it's like, no, it's unfair. Like, come on, son. Do you know what war is? I mean, this podcast is called the War Report. We are reporting on war. <laughs> it would not. It would. This would. Not, and there's been zero casualties. If they were like complimenting each other, this pod if this podcast would be a lie, we'd be lying to you. It'd be like a the courtesy the courtesy report or something like that, or like <laughs> the polite report. No, this is a war report. This is, we're at war, and yeah. next week we're gonna have Great American Bash Night Two and Firefest Night Two. Let's go. Let's get it on. Let's see who could do the best matches. Mm-hmm. So, man, you know what have been really cool. Uh, just looking at these WCW uh, pay-per-views, that era where Undisputed Era, uh, Undisputed Era had all the belts. What if they did like NXT uh, sold out? Like yeah. that would have been hard. That would have been hard. <laughs> Don't know if you could do that now because it seems like they're at the tail end. Yeah, but that would have been. Really but not nah, that. That would have been heat. See, this is why Paul should listen to the podcast because we give ideas <laughs> like this. We give booking like this every single week. So if you listen to us, Paul and HBK could have been like, you know what? These guys are right. Then when you had uh, Undisputed Air sold out, uh, I guess with like the color yellow and black and then them coming down and like doing their promos and stuff, it would have been fun. Maybe they do that in SmackDown. Uh, uh, probably not. It's Bruce's booking. So I don't know if going to do that. But yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see who's gonna be the champ. Champ. As always, mm-hmm. you can follow us at RNC Radio Live on Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. We have something for everybody. For myself and Cyrus, be safe this Fourth of July weekend. Don't do anything stupid. Wear a mask, and we will talk to you guys next week. What the? God, it's Oscar! Rob with its champion Oscar Boy, the mystery of Sasha Banks face! Oscar's back in NXT, the roll-up by Io Shirai and Banks kicks out! Oh my goodness! Oscar, what a show team by Shirai! Banks can't see! Rob, you're absolutely right. Banks can't see. The official never saw the roll of its champion Oscar's involvement. Oh, a wrecking ball drop kick by Shirai to Bailey Oscar, the former NXT women's champion, former tag team partner of Shirai's in Japan. And now Shirai with the moonsault! 
nailing Sasha Banks, blinded by the mist. Io Shirai secures 